Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Join now by my old friend Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated senior writer and the volume sports. Chris, uh, no one better to run into than Chris Mannix for me. We talk basketball and boxing all day. What's going on, Chris? What's up, Chris? What's happening, guys? Chris, so before, hold on, Jay, yep. before you try to get me in trouble. No, Max, no, I had nothing to say about it. I had nothing I just, to say about it. I just want to explain to Chris, because Chris is probably sitting there going, what the hell is Keyshawn talking about? I called Joker a potato because his <laughs> game is bland. And you know when you have potatoes and you don't put anything on it, they're just whatever. They're good. They're on every menu, no matter what restaurant you go in, because you got to have it. you got to have Joker, no matter what. He's, he's a staple, just like a potato is. That's, that's all I wanted to say. So don't want you thinking, you know. <laughs> I'm disrespecting the man's game because I'm not. It's just understood. Bland. So, Chris, is it understood, Chris? But I want to get into my all-time <laughs> sort of. I want to get into my all-time <laughs> rankings and and where I have Jokic, and I want to explain it. Okay? Um, okay, NBA all-time, the top five. I have guys who, at one time or another, were considered by a lot of people to be the greatest player ever. Okay, so Jordan one, LeBron two, Kareem three, Bill Russell four, Wilt five. Okay. In, then I have rounding out the top 10 guys who were multiple MVP, final MVP, best player of their time. Magic, Kobe, Bird, Shaq, Steph. Uh, Duncan should probably be in there somewhere. Couldn't figure out where, so I have him 11. Then I have three more guys I think are immovably in the top 15 as of now. Uh, multiple championships, MV, finals MVPs, the whole thing, right? Moses Malone. Hakeem Olajuwon, although I'd have Hakeem, uh, Hakeem should be 12, Moses should be 13, and KD, okay? So I think those 14 I'm very comfortable saying are the top 14. And there are various candidates for the 15th slot. They should be the best player in the game for several years, right? They should be the man on a championship team, the guy. Um, so KG, Jerry West, uh, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, Giannis. David Robinson, although really Tim Duncan was the guy on those teams. But like there are guys like that, and I have others, Dr. J, and for various reasons, Oscar Robertson and Isaiah Thomas. But I think Jokic, Chris, given the fact he could have easily won three consecutive league MVPs and just had one of the greatest postseasons ever, I'd put him at 15. Where are you with that? I, I think that's reasonable. Um for me, and, and I haven't given too much thought to to placement, but I, I would have him at the very least inside the top 25. And because of what you said there, that he very easily could have been a three-time MVP, I would lean towards keeping him in that top 20. I think he's automatically on, if you want to pivot to a tier, he's automatically on that you know Kevin Garnett tier, the mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki tier. Uh, the tier of guys that have won at least one MVP and, to your point, have been a dominant player in this league for X number of years, arguably the best player in the league for X number of years. Uh, so I think he's automatically on on that tier. And and what's what's impressive, you know, for uh, for, Djokovic, uh, for for Djokovic is that he has so much room to grow here. Like you know, he's 28 years old, and you would anticipate, barring injury him being on the MVP list, MVP short list for at least the next two or three years. And because of the depth of this team, be in a deep playoff situation for at least the next two or three years. So 
I guess it's a long-winded way of saying I, I don't I don't disagree with with any assessment that has him in the top 15. I wouldn't be as quick to put him there just yet, but he's certainly inside the top 25 and and probably inside the top 20. Yeah, I think that's fair. Chris, last year all we talked about was the fact that Jokic won two back-to-back MVPs and fizzled out in the playoffs. And you said, hey, he needs a championship to validate the regular season greatness because at the end of the day, we don't really care about the regular season. We care about the postseason. So with that being the case, now that he's won a championship, who do you think in the NBA, player-wise, needs the championship the most coming into next year? Oh, good. You know, good question. Um, who needs it the most? I mean, he was the guy that, you kept pointing to for the last few years because of the way Denver fizzled. And, I, and as you well know, a lot of that was really unfair. I mean, I, I thought Agreed. I thought this this year was the first year that you could criticize Nikola Jokic if his team failed. I mean, the last couple of years, you go back two years, when Jamal Murray went out days before the playoffs started. Murray all out all of last year, the Porter Jr. injuries as well. Like, he... he until this season, he never really had a team that you would say that team is built to win a championship. If you lose, you are going to be considered an underachiever. And he didn't. He achieved. They rolled 16-4 through the playoffs, so that comes off the board. Top of my head, I would probably say Embiid is now that guy. Yep, agreed. Because, I mean, look, Embiid, one of the, like, and I've, look, I voted for Embiid for MVP last year. Um, because I thought Embiid's navigating of the Ben Simmons drama should have been taken into account when uh, you were considering him for MVP. But you know there was this idea in the water supply for for months that you know Embiid was the the better playoff performer than Jokic. When the reality was he had never been to a conference finals, and Jokic had up until that point. So I think with the kind of talent that Philly has and probably will have next year. I think that that pressure squarely falls on the shoulders of Joel Embiid because, you know, he has look back at this past playoffs. Like he has come up short, like they being up three, two against Boston, losing on your home floor, getting, you know, out you know, played off of the floor in a game seven, because Boston kept running pick and rolls mm. at you. I know there are injury issues, but yeah, I think next year it, it becomes, uh, the target kind of hits Joel Embiid's back pretty squarely. Chris, plus, keep in mind, like, he's 29, he's big with an injury history, and he's, like, just like Jokic, a championship, he would start shooting up the all-time list because as Jokic is the most skillful uh, big ever on offense, when you take the whole package, offense plus defense and size, Embiid is the guy just had one of the greatest seasons of all time statistically, so if he got a championship... It would it would like 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 Jokic retroactively shine a different light on what he's done so far. He'd immediately become an all time great. I think. I would agree because if if that happens, you know he is going to be the he would play as big a role as Jokic did this year. Like he is would have to be the dominant player on a championship team. He will be the Finals MVP on a championship team. I just think he's got to elevate you know that team. And and look, it's. It's as tough or tougher for Embiid in that conference because coming back next year, 
I mean, everybody's coming to play. I mean, I think Boston is going to come back better. I think Milwaukee is going to come back better. Miami's still going to be lurking out there um, as a threat. It's not going to be easy, but, you know, when you're talking about uh, the pressure, I can't think of anyone right now that would face more of it next season than Joel Embiid. Chris, so you made mention of a team in Boston. Like, isn't there a lot of pressure on Jason Tatum, too? And I I know that, obviously, going from a big that now people are considering to be one of the all-time greatest bigs to ever play the game in Jokic, it's easy for it to translate right to Joel Embiid. And I get not coming out of the second round. But you can also make the case that it seems like Philly – their franchise and management gets in the way too, right, from decisions that they made before in the past and the injury history. But how about Boston, the core that's been together for the longest, right, uh, and, and got into an NBA Finals to inevitably see Jason Tatum not be able to do it on that biggest stage. And I get that he's 25, but also for them to be down 3-1 to Miami this year, like where is the pressure on Boston and Tatum as well? Yeah, I, I, Jay, I think they're, they're right behind Philadelphia. That was what I was kind of going through, cycling through as I'm thinking about the pressure. I mean, that, you know, Tatum, Jalen Brown, that combination, I think they're next on that list. I do think, you know, in the aftermath of, of Game 5, you know, sitting in that press room, listening to Nikola Jokic talk about the journey, you know, I, I kind of started to think about Boston a little bit when he was doing that. Like, hmm. you know, the, the Nuggets have been through – you know, so many ebbs and flows, you know, changes to the roster because some pieces didn't work. You know, the patience needed while Jamal Murray was out to get to this point. Uh, You know, they went through the fire to to get here. They faced a lot of criticism to get here. And, you know, Boston has faced a lot of the same things. They've been the bridesmaid for, you know, several years now, whether it's the conference finals or coming up short in the finals. Uh, You know, this feels like a year where, you know, they could have it all kind of come together because of the experiences they've been through. Um, you know, I agreed with the decision to to bring back Joe Missoula because I thought a lot of the criticism on Joe Missoula was largely unfair because the guy was 34 years old and thrust into an, an incredibly difficult situation with a, a coaching staff around him that wasn't the strongest in the NBA because of the brain drain. Now you add... Guys like Sam Cassell, who is going to help. Mm-hmm. Guys like Charles Lee, who yep. is going to help. Uh, you know, I think some of the pieces, if Boston brings this group back together, I see no reason why, why they wouldn't at this point. I think there's a lot of reason to believe, to, a, lot, a lot of reason to believe in the Celtics uh, going into next year. But, you know, again, they, they are, even despite Tatum's age and despite Jalen Brown's age, uh, there will be a lot of pressure on them to deliver after coming up short the number of years they have. Chris, Chris Maddox, in, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Key. Chris, in order for um, Miami to get back in this position and try to bring the trophy back east, what are, who do they need to go after? Bradley Beal or Lillard or somebody else to to have to add some offense to what they already have? You know, it's, it's funny, Keisha. I, I constantly I've heard the last you know, a couple of days, like, will Miami go looking for that big fish? Miami always looks for the big fish. Like, they, they always go hunting for for that type of player. I mean, I mean, oftentimes they come up short and don't get him, but every off season, because that's the mindset of Pat Riley, they go out looking to make a big splash. I think the problem is they, they don't have a lot to offer when, when it comes to 
acquiring a Bradley Beal or acquiring a Damian Lillard. I mean, these trade packages that are likely going to be centered around Tyler Hero, they're not bad, but when you're looking at a player of that caliber, the other packages are just going to be significantly bigger. There are going to be teams that can offer better players and more draft capital if and when Damian Lillard becomes available. Similarly, in Washington, if and when Bradley Beal becomes available, there are going to be teams that offer better packages there. I mean, I, I, I hate to you know, discount Miami's chances of doing this again because we just did that um, you know, months ago when they got into the playoffs, but the challenge of doing what they did as, a, as whatever they might be next year, a 6, 7, or 8 seed, is going to be enormous. Jimmy Butler's going to be 34 years old in September. Kyle Lowry's going to be a year older. I, I just, you know, they're going to have to get real creative to bring somebody in that fits to be back in this spot next year. And, you know, just looking for one of those big trades, those names you mentioned, I, I don't, I, I just don't know how realistic that is given how robust the market for those players is going to be. One of the best in the business, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated senior writer and the volume sports. Thanks, Chris. Anytime, guys. I can't right, think Chris. of the actor he looks like. I'm going to sit here trying to. An actor that Chris looks like? Yeah. <laughs> is it Rob Lowe? No. No. Zach Efron? No, it's hmm. it's an actor, but I can't hmm. think of him. Right now, Nikola Jokic is on top of the mountain, but a new king gets crowned, it seems like, every year nowadays. Who's next? KJM. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Gray Goose. So right now, Nikola Jokic is on top of the mountain. He's the best player in basketball. Last year it was Steph. The year before it was Giannis. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know... Kawhi had a case. LeBron. Every year, it seems, this thing's getting passed around. And because LeBron has declined, the rest of the league is now in a position to say, maybe this is the best guy. You know, for years, it was like LeBron, return, 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 everyone else. Then LeBron came back to the pack. Now this thing's getting passed around. Talk about potatoes, key like a hot potato every year. Yeah, I I was laughing at that video. I hear you, though, Max. I bet you Garden Jay wouldn't have been walking in the month of February in Denver with no shirt on. Through <laughs> <laughs> the crowd, moving that slow. By the way, yeah. a, guy, a guy like Aaron Gordon is a pillar on that team. Now, you have Mo- Jokic and Murray are obviously the two pillars, but you have a guy in Aaron Gordon who only cares about winning, 
type of dude who grabs the rebounds, does the dirty work, scores when he ha- when he like when in the flow of the game. Don't have to draw plays for him. Great teammate and defends the best player on the other team. Like with those three guys now, and he, I'd say he's one of those three guys now. It should be easy for them to plug and play three and D guys around them. So who's who's going to be crowned king next year, Jay? So this is why I, I love this because every year I feel like a new king gets crowned. So three years ago we saw Giannis get crowned. Before that, after that, we saw Steph get crowned. Mm-hmm. And obviously now we've crowned a new king. So let's give me – I'm going to give you my top five people in the race to be crowned the king going into next season. Mm. Number, Number five, five. Jason Tatum, man. I mean, we've seen the Boston Celtics get there. We saw them get to the NBA Finals two years ago. We saw Jason Tatum not have a great performance. We just had Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated come on, talk about the road of frustration, a new head coach for the Boston Celtics this year, obviously with Joe Mazzula, everything that happened with Emi Yodoka. And we saw them lose to a less talented Miami Heat team because you're questioning around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, can they work together and their lack of half-court execution. So Jason Tatum is number five on that list to me about being crowned a king going into next season. Next Number up, four. Joel Embiid. I mean, we've seen this team get close, get close, get close, but can never make it out of the second round of the NBA playoffs. Now you're changing coaches again. Doc Rivers out. The Doc is out. You're calling in the nurse and Nick Nurse. Is James Harden going to be there? Fred Van Vliet on line two. He's played with Nick Nurse. I actually think he's a better answer for this team than a James Harden. I think that actually opened up the door for a guy like Tyrese Maxey to explode on the scene, put the ball in his hands, let Fred play off the ball. I actually think that's the answer. So Joel Embiid, number four on my list. Number up, three. I'm going back out to the Bay Area again. A guy who has finally broken Max's top 15 all-time player list. Steph. Top 10. Top 10. Top 10. He has four. He's going for five. Draymond comes back. Clay has one more year left on this deal. I think you'll see this team run it back one last time. Dre, Jordan Poole, get over whatever issue that was. I actually think Steph is very close to being crowned king again for another season this year. Number two. Number two. Giannis, man. I mean, Chris Middleton, free agent. Brooke Lopez, free agent. But don't get it twisted. Giannis is coming for the crown again. You could make the case that if Giannis did not get hurt in game one and missed game two, game three, that the Milwaukee Bucks have a legit shot to win this whole thing, to win the whole thing. So Giannis is one of the most dominant players the game of basketball has ever seen. The numbers are stupid. Was in the MVP race again with Joel Embiid and with Jokic. So that's number two. And finally, number one, the guy we're going to crown the king of the NBA in this entire offseason until it happens again next season, Nikola Jokic, man. I mean, the numbers are just stupid. I don't even need to tell you why. The numbers speak for itself. One of the most dominant runs we've ever seen in the history of basketball. Nikola Jokic, number 15, is the king of basketball going into the offseason. And no one does it by themselves. His crime partner, Jamal Murray, rises to the occasion like few players ever have. Like, is clearly able to play – 
better than he normally plays consistently when called upon. So you have those two pillars, and as I mentioned, Aaron Gordon, they're so good, they're seemingly able to survive $180 million to Porter. I know Porter had a good regular season and a good closeout game in the finals, yep. but the playoffs, especially the finals, he was very spotty. And then, Key, honorable mention, I got, I got Luka at number six, just because I think there's some other things happening with Luka as it relates to him playing a ton of basketball in the offseason, conditioning, you know, challenges with coaching staff, Jason Kidd, how that works out with Kyrie Irving. But still, yeah, you, you question the pieces around Luka right now. I think all these other players have better pieces around them to get another championship. You know, it's interesting. Look at your list. The list is fine. You only really got one old head on there, and that's Steph Curry. I just was wondering where are the rest of the old heads are, right? Where, where are Where's Kevin Durant? Where's uh, LeBron James? Where is uh, – who else would be an old head that I'm thinking of? Where's Jimmy Butler? Like, where are some of the old heads on your list? I mean, KD's right there. I mean, if you want to put – where would you put it in KD? KD could be there at five with Tatum. Uh, I probably would have him even – I probably would put him – you're talking three. about best player in the NBA? You probably would slide him up probably at three. Okay. All right. No, I just I, I just was old heads. That's all. Yeah, over over Steph. And let's not forget LeBron. Yeah, because was in the because finals. he's gonna he's gonna he's got a new coach, right? Mm-hmm. Frank I, I just don't know what pieces they're gonna surround them with. No, yet. I'm saying you know they're probably gonna get a piece. And even if they decided to work it out with CP3, and they're together now, they're together now. And this isn't KD coming from Brooklyn, they didn't get hurt and missing however many weeks and. They're together now. So even if they decided to work it out with CP3, I think they could still be make a strong run, I agree with man. You. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's all. I okay. just – Katie couple could be in there. You know, I ain't going to never count out the dude right here with the beard with all the – I ain't going to never count him out. By the way, KD and them, yes, but LeBron, again, let me remind everyone. LeBron and AD were in the conference finals with D'Angelo Russell doing nothing in the conference finals, nothing on either end of the floor – with a cast of characters they just slapped together at the trade deadline, and they were competitive in every game against a juggernaut who just wiped the floor with the entire league, mm-hmm. right? Like, the Lakers, now, they, they're older and they're, they're injury-prone, so I get it, Jay, but, like, I think they're top five. I think, I think LeBron's top five, like, in terms of guys who could get So who was your again. top five, B? I, I might, oof, it's a good question. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We're joined now by Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider, host, of course, of the Adam Schefter podcast. Morning, Shefty. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Doing good. Doing well. He's been speaking receiver to us today, explaining. Yeah, the, 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 this this topic's right up Key's alley, right? Yeah. Yes, Stephon Diggs and the Bills. What's going on? I don't know that anybody knows. I know there's a lot of smoke that's been unfolding coming out of Buffalo for I would say months now. Like I, you've been hearing about things about him being unhappy, Stephon Diggs, since the end of the season. Like this is not new. What happened was he showed up there this week for the mandatory minicamp after not going through OTAs, which I also thought was a little bit notable. You never know for sure, right? But then when he's essentially not participating in mandatory minicamp yesterday, even though he was there, and Sean McDermott says he's very concerned, and Josh Allen says there's communication issues and something the organization needs to address, and the head coach and the quarterback are acknowledging that there's an issue, clearly there's something wrong. And it doesn't appear to be money, considering that he's got his money. He's one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league. So what is it? Is it, I mean, usually with that position, as Key would know, it's about getting the football. I'm sure that may have something to do with this. I don't know that it explains everything. But clearly, Stephon Diggs is not happy. And they need some conversations and meetings, which are going to occur today, to try to figure out if they could uh, repair the situation and move ahead, whatever you know, that is. You know, Adam, it's not about the money, as you mentioned. It's certainly about getting the football. It's not about mm-hmm. getting the touches. He's he's in three years. He's got three hundred and thirty eight touches. So it's not that. It's usage. When are you using me? Are you are you using me to help us win, or are you just having me out here as a cardboard cutout, paying me almost twenty five million dollars to do nothing, and we're losing games? If you look at, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think if you look at it. Uh, certainly in the first half of the year, first 12 games, I don't think he got the ball late in the game very much. Absolutely. You're 100% right. That, that's, that, that, yeah. and, and, and we joke about me speaking receiver. I can certainly tell you. Last year the guy mm-hmm. had 108 catches, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. It, it doesn't that, – that's not the problem. The problem is you're not utilizing me the right way. I'm watching T. Higgins eat off our head. I'm watching Chase eat off our head and Boyd eat off our head in the playoffs, and we're on our way home because you didn't do what you said, Ken Dorsey. And mm-hmm. and you think about the meeting, Adam, there was only two people there, according to reports. Brandon Bean and the head coach. There was no offensive right. coordinator there. So I kind of feel it's about the usage and how you utilizing me to help my team win. It's not about me getting the football for the sake of statistics. And – I think when Josh Allen comes out and says what he does yesterday, I think that he knows that he's a part of it, intentionally or in, unintentionally, play call or whatever it is. But I don't think he feels like Josh is looking to him the way that he should be. Um, and so I think there's some issues there between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter with us here on KJM. Chef, to give me some good news. What's going to happen with my beloved New York football giants and Saquon Barkley? Well, here's the thing, Max. I think everything changes. We can have one conversation now 
And then we could have an entirely different conversation, and we'll have an entirely different conversation, on July 18th, which is one day after the deadline passes for the time in which the Giants and Saquon Barkley have to sit down to work out a long-term deal. Saquon has essentially one month to speak not to the media but through the media and rattle the Sabres a little bit in whatever way he's willing to do and to send a message to the Giants that he's not happy with the way that contract talks have been going. The Giants are in a spot. It's a tough spot because he is going away their best player. He's their most valuable player. We've seen other players on their team on the other side of the ball, Dexter Lawrence, on the offense side of the football, and Daniel Jones get paid a lot of money. Saquon's franchise tender is 10.1. And so you can't tell me that he doesn't deserve more than any other player, but that's just not the way that the position's paid and played. And so both sides can make an argument, but it's up to both sides to figure out what's the best solution that's good for our team that keeps Saquon happy. And they haven't come close to doing that. Now, if they haven't done that on July 18th, Max, then we have a conversation to be had. How long does Saquon want to wait to sign that franchise tender? Does he miss any time in the regular season? Or do they both figure it out before then, come up with an equitable solution? It's sort of like when we were going over some of the quarterback deals with Lamar Jackson, I guess. I'm trying to think if it was him. But you're saying that his deal is not quite as good as some of the quarterbacks, but but he's more valuable to that team than anybody else. And so there's a certain premium that is paid there. And so, again, uh, if they don't figure it out, then there's a lot of conversations to be had on July 18th. If they do, then all is well and good. And for now, I say it's just Saquon speaking his mind, saying what he believes is the truth, and trying to push the ball along closer to the goal line for the two sides to cross that to get the deal done, which they're not close to doing right now. Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider, Mr. All, everything all over the place, knows all the information. Joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Adam, you covered the Houston Texans and DeAndre Hopkins, and that, for me, one of the nastiest divorces that I've seen in dealing with the NFL, both as a player and working in the media at ESPN. Why would DeAndre Hopkins entertain the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien, and vice versa. Why would Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick entertain DeAndre Hopkins, knowing that the divorce in the Houston, Texas situation with Bill O'Brien was so nasty? It's a great question, Key. And what I would say to that is sometimes people get divorced, and what happens? Do they ever get back together? Sometimes they do. I think what happens is they find out life without each other isn't what you thought it would be, and that it wasn't quite as bad as we thought, and we understand each other better, and we're going to try to make it work, like any couple that breaks up and gets back together. Saying that, I think we could say that New England probably would not have been DeAndre Hopkins' first choice. When you go back and look at what he said, his words, I think it was on the I Am Athlete podcast, it may have been elsewhere, whatever it was, he listed five quarterbacks, that he wanted to go play with. I think it was Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, um, Josh Allen, and somebody else. But I don't remember him listing Ryan Tannehill nor Mac Jones. But the fact of the matter is, he also wants to be paid. So do you want to be paid more, or do you want to 
play with one of your quarterbacks more? What is the choice? In a perfect world, you get a little bit of both in each category, and you move forward the best deal possible. Well, it just so happened that New England could still use help at wide receiver, and even though Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator there, and even though the two men didn't exactly see eye-to-eye while they are in Houston together, I think both men have grown and recognized the value of one another. And, frankly, if DeAndre Hopkins had a huge offer from one of those teams, I don't think that he would be talking or considering playing with Bill O'Brien. But he doesn't. So the situation is that he's got to go through and explore every option he has right now, which includes the New England Patriots, which have been a great organization in the past. So you got to go look at it right now. It just, you would not have thought that that would have been atop his list. But what has been atop his list has not materialized in the way he wanted, which leads him to look at all these options. Shefty, before we let you go, we're up against it, but I can't let you go without asking the most likely landing spot for Dalvin Cook. I don't have a likely landing spot other than the fact that he's getting calls. He's gotten interest from multiple teams. I'll give you one team that I just think is interesting. I have, nobody said it to me, but the Chicago Bears could use another running back. They have cap help, the same division. I don't know if they'll be there, but again, that would, that's a team that makes some sense to me. Dolphins make sense to me. There's other teams that could use a running back, and uh, we'll see how that all plays out. Adam Schefter, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Shefty. All right, Shefty. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Hey, wait till you guys hear what one Bears player had to say about Packers fans. KJM. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. When he went no huddle and they started to make plays. All the big games but light on time? Let us catch you up. Definitely not fun ever playing against no huddle offense. Let's run the no huddle. Whether you huddle, whether you don't huddle, still comes down to just the execution. Hey, Willamax, ESPN Radio. It is time for the no huddle. Nuno. All right. uh, We'll start in Chicago. Justin Jones, Bears defensive tackle, had this to say about the – for Aaron Rodgers and specifically the Packers fans. I wish he played one more year with uh, Green Bay. Honestly, we went up there and uh, we played. A, we played a pretty good game. They got away from us at the end, obviously, and uh, they won. But their fans are really shit. 
yeah, I, I wanted to go back up there and I wanted to play him and I wanted to beat them and I wanted him to be there so you can see it. But the fact that he's gone now, you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. I guess it's better for him not to be here. I'm ready to take it over. I mean, it's a good time to be a Bears fan. I'm not even going to lie to you. So. This is a follow-up question I never thought I'd ask. In which ways are they I mean, man, like, just, just the way that they're just freaking obnoxious, just yelling and all that other stuff about things that don't even matter. They're not even running to play. You guys are talking about, oh, oh yeah, go green. Like, what, what are you even talking about? He hasn't even started yet. Like, what are we even talking about here? Like, you know, y'all, half of them don't even know football. It's it's, it's, it's so weird to me. I'm just ready to go back out there and play, and I, I want to go out there, and I want to beat the hell out of them on their field. I want to hear the booze in. That, that's what I look forward to. All right, Key, you also speak trash talk. What Like, what is Justin Jones doing? Uh, he's speaking to every single fan at in sports. They boo. That's what they do. They go to the stadium to boo. Now, as far as the Aaron Rodgers thing go, yeah, I mean, he owned y'all for however many years. You got a chance now to reclaim the division back, I guess. I mean, I don't – I guess. I mean, that trash talk really – I mean, who you talking to? Fan, that's what fans do. That's what Max Kellerman's of the world, that's what, what? they do. <laughs> I've never uh, booed in a – well, that's not true. Good. Oh, I'm good. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. Like, and I know that Chicago is on the up and up. It is a good time to be a Chicago Bears fan. There's a lot to be excited about. But don't get it twisted. I mean, that defense got better last year. That wide receiving core got better last year. And we'll see what Jordan Love could bring to the party. But that dominance may not be through yet. What's interesting to me is Justin Jones is – singling out Green Bay Packers fans. Like, Key, if he was just talking about fans in general, he so doesn't single. Do. Th- but he's not, he's not saying fans, right? You could say it about Vikings fans, or you could say it about any fans. Yeah. But he's singling them out as particularly obnoxious. What could they be doing in Green Bay that's getting under his skin like that? They're close to you, first of all, on top of you. They're uh-huh. right here. Uh-huh. So you hear everything that they're saying, mm. and, they, and they're nonstop. What else is there to do in Green Bay? Think about it. There's nothing else to do on a Sunday. So it's especially than- passionate fans who are up on you is what he's noticing. Yes. Well, Max, some fan bases take that. it to different levels, though. Some, that's like, what I'm wondering. Some fan bases are no more than others. And I'm not saying that's Green Bay I, in particular, I, I, but from somebody who's played in front of a lot of fan bases, there are places that you're like, yo, I know what time it is when I go here. What's the worst one for you? Where and which which one? College you just or give pros? me give me the one that co- jumps to mind. You're Boston enti- always got to me. Yeah, but see, that's not. But, but, that. but Jay, that's not the same, right? No, but I, I, no, but Green Boston Bay ain't the same. But, they different. Yeah, I'm, I, but I'm not. I'm. Let me specify. Nobody in Boston has ever said anything to me like that, Key. But Boston has said some crazy things to me, but not no, like I that understand. in the way other players have referenced Boston no, no, in I the past. I understand. I'm just saying, Green Bay fans are not like Boston fans. And how are Green Bay fans? What are they like, Key? They're just passionate, crazy, loud, obnoxious, in your face. They're they're like Oakland Nick fans, fans. Nick like fans. Raider fans, Nick fans, Raider fans, right. Yankee fans, Bill fans. Yeah. Just in, just like man, Miami Dolphin fans. Like sit down somewhere. <laughs> All uh, right, we're huddling. Go uh, ahead, Nuno. All right, Key. Just when you say Nick fans, say real Nick fans, because you know. Oh, um, yeah. We just got to make real, sure. Yeah. Uh, wow. Real Nick wow. fans. Speaking of Boston. Wow. Somebody, hey, wait. Somebody yeah. told me Whoa. yesterday. Somebody told me yesterday when I said Max was a, a Nick fan and blah, blah, blah. He's he like, was. He's not. He said he he's not. Somebody said, well, if they don't, if they don't went to the championship, all of a sudden the whole thing would have changed. Don't say anything, Max. Move on. Nuke. All right. <laughs> Speaking of Boston, Jeremy Schaps uh, sat down with Robert Kraft earlier this week on – OTL, and he asked him, where are you now on your thoughts about Bill Belichick's future here? Well, it's about winning. 
So let's see what happens. He's mm. he's done pretty good so far. I mean, I know it's important to him too. My objective every year is we make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And if you don't, well, I'm an optimist. All right, Key. Does that sound like a owner who can't come to grips with it might be time to move on from Bill Belichick? That's for you, Max. No, it, it just sounds like <laughs> an owner who understands that how difficult it is to win in this league. First thing you do is you make the playoffs. And once you make the playoffs, we all can go from there. I'm going to leave a lot of room for Max because I know he wants to go 45 minutes on this topic. Uh, the only thing, I mean, look, do I question – Whether Robert Kraft has confidence in Bill Belichick, no. Do I question, though, if time is dwindling? Yes. That's allowed to be questioned, right? So, obviously, that answer, let's wait and see, that's an indicator. That time is a ticking. Well, it's really hard to to win in that league, right? Really hard to get to. Unless you have Tom Brady, then you go to the playoffs every single career year of your career. As soon as you don't have Tom Brady, before he got him and after he left, Belichick entering his Tenth season as head coach has one playoff win. Unless he wins a playoff game this year, it'll be one playoff win in ten years without Brady and playoffs galore with Brady. You never miss the playoffs with Brady. So who is it more, Belichick or Brady? Jay, you left too much time on the clock. Uh, well, we got one, and Key, this, this, one's for, this one's for you. I, think I this, tried to gobble up as much as I could, Key. I tried. I, I think this is the best sound I've heard. Uh, all week so far. This is Nikola Jokic talking to Malika Adams. Uh, Andrew, excuse me. You were the 41st pick in the draft. A Taco Bell commercial was running when your pick was announced. What do you think of that now? <laughs> they believe in the fat boy. And it seems <laughs> like uh, it worked out. Yeah, don't, don't bet against the fat boy. So, Key, the 40- are you going to stop betting against the fat uh, boy? I never called him fat. So he called himself fat. Are you betting against him? Oh yeah, I'm betting against him for sure. For that what? He gonna, that he gonna double down and come back and repeat? Is that what you're saying? Because if, if that's what you said, I'm betting against it. Yeah. How about you, Jay? I mean, I need to wait to see what's going to happen to the rest of the Western Conference. Of course you do. Well, that's practical. <laughs> you know, let oh, me be practical about this now. and see. So oh, I'm sorry. Practical. Let me be practical. Yeah, that's okay. As of as of right now, they're gonna. As of right now, I wouldn't bet against. Let's see what happens. The also right now, I wouldn't bet against them. And by the way, that's Jokic. See when I said the whole. Oh, you can't. He called himself Fat Boy. Don't bet against him. That's why when you see that picture, it's awesome that that kid wound up winning a championship. Jokic does have the title. Which player needs one the most now? KJM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.